What's happening, boys? Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com. Here with my man Brian from Loser to Winner. That's Loser the Number Two Winner.com, and Phil Hawksworth from PhilHawksworth.com. P H I L H A W K S W O R T H.com. A lot of letters in your fucking title. What's up, boys? Because I'm a posh English guy. Yeah, posh very name. posh. Should put some numbers in there too. <laughs> So, my real name is actually Phil Hawksworth the third. Oh, Esquire. <laughs> Very posh. So, so Brian and Phil are out here with me in Chiang Mai. And Chiang Mai is known as the digital nomad capital of the world. I don't know if you guys know that. It is I've a heard very, it a little bit, you know. It is a very special place to be, apparently. <laughs> However, like all things that sound too good to be true... The this kind of the idea of the digital nomad scene uh, is a bit too good to be true. I've been here for the last year and a half, and it's something that I've really noticed. I mean, when I originally came out, I was gonna write articles about it. I was gonna do a book. I was gonna do all kinds of things that were gonna make me more money. Until I actually saw what the fucking game was. And if you're wondering why I haven't put out content on that shit, there is a reason. And my man Brian just got out here, was it a couple months ago? Yeah, about two months now. And uh, he sort of had the same impressions. So, man, maybe we start with you and kind of your impressions on, because you're, you're fresh to it. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian's a, got a great blog, and he'd been reading, and he's making some money online and decided to come out. So, like, tell me how you thought the scene was going to be before you got here, and then kind of, like, how it looks to you now after being out for a couple months. So, I originally had... No idea. Like, I didn't expect it to be what it is at all. I was just coming in, like, believing everything I read and heard. Right. And that was obviously pretty naive on my part. Um, I'm still learning a lot. I'm still young. Oh, well, yeah, um, you're young. Yeah, but, yeah, once I got here pretty quickly, um, I saw pretty quickly what was going on. The first week or so, I couldn't really see it just because... I was going to all the events and, you know, just meeting people. I was just moved here, so I and was... it's so nice. Like, you're yeah. bombarded by how nice the city is yeah. and how cheap it is. Exactly. But, like, okay, so you're back home uh, in the U.S. and you're reading this stuff online, right? Mm-hmm. Mostly blogs. What did you think it was going to be like when you're in the U.S.? Well, the city itself, what everyone's wrote about the city is true. The city is amazing. I really like it here. Right. But the thing that isn't true is the whole digital nomad kind of term it there's the digital nomads if you're if you call yourself a digital nomad or anyone says digital nomad they don't make any money (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what that means it means yeah it means you don't make money so the digital nomad scene is pretty much just basically a bunch of noobs that are brought here by other noobs that don't know what they're doing and the the people that bring them here make their money by bringing the noobs here. Right. It's kind of like a Ponzi scheme. Like they're selling them their crap that doesn't really work. And it's just like a whole ecosystem of just bullshit, really. Right. I kind of look at it like the way you make money in a gold rush is not mining for gold. It's selling panhandles. Mm-hmm. So the guys who are making like really good money at this are the guys who are selling people to come out and be the digital nomad in, in the dropshipping course and whatnot. Exactly. Now, you can make money on dropshipping, okay? I, I think the dropshipping in Amazon FBA, the failure rate is probably about 60 to 90%. Mm-hmm. But our boy Nick, Nick Nirov makes 10 grand from one YouTube store. I've seen it. I did a podcast with him if you're interested in that. But he agrees too. It's probably about a 90% failure rate. Yeah, and we don't have courses bringing guys out who are like business novices, you know, $3,000 courses and stuff, bringing them out and telling them like, hey... 
you know, save the bare minimum, come out and start a business out here mm-hmm. because I just don't think that's quite, um, I don't think it's quite responsible. I think that for a guy to come out, he should have two grand in, in monthly revenue coming in and 10 to 20 grand in the bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely came out with less than that, but, um, I did already have a pretty successful story going at the time Yeah, along with my blog. So, um, it's definitely possible to make him work, but it's very hard, like Will said, and it's only getting harder just because the more people getting into it, it's just natural supply and demand. There's too much um, yeah. competition. It's getting saturated. Um, yeah, very hard, especially if you're just starting out in this. I don't really see it see it happening anymore doing the traditional dropship style. I think there's still money to be made in FBA, yeah. and also um, dropshipping from China is getting pretty big now, which I think there's a lot of opportunity in, but I traditional dropshipping, I don't really see it. Anymore. I think you're right, and it's one of these things where it's, it's, I'd say it's like kind of a business, but also kind of a hustle, so you're always going to have to stay on top of what the next thing is. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, dropshipping, now it's gone FBA, now it's going to the Chinese sites, mm-hmm. and it's going to... Fucking Kazakhstan or wherever the fuck the next move is. You, exactly. you got to be first. That's, right. that's first to market is everything. Right. And in this point of the game, in traditional dropshipping, you're nowhere near first. It's been going on for a good amount of years now where you really don't have a chance, especially if you're a newbie. Right. So that's why, like I say, most guys, I recommend a service-based business for most guys. I think it's the quickest way to scale to six figures. I do not recommend dropshipping. Brian and I both have blogs. Actually, Phil, all three of us have blogs, but... Um, you know, there's some exceptions to the rule, but for the vast majority of guys, the service-based business and the big four, the guys who I've met making six figures, it's always in the four industries, coaching, Hugh and Cam doing six figures in life coaching, marketing services, Phil's doing six figures in marketing services, uh, programming, and copywriting. I haven't met guys make, doing six figures in copywriting, but they're usually relatively new and it's, and it's like 6,500, 7,500 a month, mm-hmm. you know, high five figures basically. Mm-hmm. And all those guys I've seen scale up from nothing to six figures pretty quickly. Like Phil, I watched grow fucking dramatically um, when you came out here. But again, Phil, you came out here as someone who was already experienced in business, right? You were not yeah. particularly yeah. new to the game. No. Um, I was just starting a new business as opposed to starting your first scratch. business. Yeah, that's a big difference. I think there's a big difference between digital nomadism as an identity mm-hmm. and as a lifestyle. Right. Like the in the purest sense of the term, we are digital nomads. Or certainly I am. I know you're more of an expat. Yeah. But I, I travel around. I am technically a digital nomad. Right. But anyone I know who's successful, who's you know, lives on the road and has been doing it for more than six months and not had to go home yeah. or funded by daddy, they don't identify with that term because that term is more of an identity that people right. want. Right. Which is why the whole community thing, it's like people come out here looking for an for identity, an identity to yeah. be part of a community, mm-hmm. to be, you know, to make friends with their other little digital and nomad people. Sell. Right. And they, yeah. you're, you're right. You're right. They're selling the identity. Which is not a business. Like right. calling yourself a digital nomad and blogging about digital nomading is not a business. <laughs> no. It's just like and if then you... everyone just an affiliate of each other. Yeah. Right. There's no real business. It's if... all just them making money off each other. And right. Yeah. If, if, you wanna, if you want to be a digital nomad, like in the purest sense of you run a business and travel. Yeah. If you want to do that, you need to have a business or at least the means of making money. Yeah. Now, if you don't have a business, you can freelance as well. Like co- copywriters are freelancers, yeah. programmers are freelancers, web designers are freelancers. 
they're not businesses per se, they're freelancers. Well, yeah, I call they, them service they, businesses. Yeah, right? if you want. But because the you main can hire is, people out too and then you don't have to yeah, do anymore. Right. So you can definitely they, turn it into a business pretty easily. They, they have the means of making money, yeah. which someone who is 18 and never done anything or someone who's just quit their job and decides to move to Chiang Mai, yeah. they don't have a means to make money because they've never done it before. They've never been in business. Right. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. And they've got to deal with, okay, so you're 21 and you're away from home maybe for the first time and you're in a foreign country you don't speak the language, you don't know anyone. You're probably a little scared and homesick and now you've got to do this business and it's way harder than you thought it was going to be and you're running out of money. It's not a good position. Okay, if you don't have a business, you're not a digital nomad and you're traveling around. You're just homeless. Okay. <laughs> you're just home. You're a vagabond. You're, you're an actual nomad. You're just a homeless vagabond from one place to the other. And I also don't, I don't like the term digital nomad for another reason in, in that a successful entrepreneur by nature is not a nomad. I mean, Phil travels a bit more than most entrepreneurs I know, but you're still in one place usually for at least a couple months. All right. Two weeks here, two weeks there. You can't run a fucking business like that, man. Like if, if anything, digital nomad or digital expat is more accurate because you stay in one place and then maybe you take two vacations a year where you go a month to the Philippines or a month to Vietnam because you need a fucking schedule. And if you're a grown ass man, like I'm 34. I got to get up early. I got to take my supplements. I got to do my stretches so my fucking back doesn't hurt. You know, I got to do grown man shit. I can't be like, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to go down to Bali for the next week. I don't know where I'm going to shower. I don't know, like, what where I can get clean food. I don't care. I'm just going to wake up. I'm going to wake up on the floor somewhere, and then I'm going to just work on my laptop and post a picture. That's... I can't live like that. Hashtag office of the day. Yeah, man. <laughs> Hashtag... Working hard at the beach. You, you can run a business on the road. You can't build a business on the road. Very true. So like someone who has a business that's mostly automated, whether they have staff or systems or, you know, like Wills is basically automated. You just sell books and you don't need yeah. to do anything. You could go and travel for six months and do no work. I could. If you're over 30, though, you're you not going to want to live. You can't build a business like that. You can't. And you're over 30, you're not going to want to live on the road. Like there's yeah. no, It's no coincidence that me and Ryan travel way less than you guys. Because we have old man schedules that, like, <laughs> sitting on a fucking plane for a day and going through customs and sitting in a chair that my back hurts and there's a baby crying because there's always a motherfucking baby crying on the flight. Seriously. Is, is my least favorite thing to do. So, like, those two days of travel are, like, two days out of that month are going to be shit. Those are complete write-offs. Like, I like living somewhere. I do not like traveling somewhere. I agree with you. Traveling is not fun. It takes way too much effort. Way too much. So, like, just beam me over there. I don't have time for that. But like the fucking key is I live somewhere where I don't need a vacation from. Like I live in I live in the place that people take a vacation to get yeah. to. Like like everyone we see in Chiang Mai from North America, this is the best week of their year. Yeah. They're at Zoe like, Whoa, fucking Chiang Mai, it's so nice here. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, and I think a lot of the digital nomads in quotes come here and they like, people say it's, like, the best place to start a business. I think, like, this is the worst place to start a business. It's so hard. It's this, so hard to work. This is, like, a, a vacation spot. Like, there's so much to do, beautiful weather. And I think if you can't build a business in the U.S. or your home country, there's no chance you're going to build it on vacation. Yeah, like, man. It Toronto, doesn't make any sense. Toronto during the winter is the best place to build a business because yeah, it's so horrible outside yes. that I would just look outside and be like, oh, fuck. I'm not, I'm not losing anything working here. But when I came out here, even though I've been – 
you know, it's my fifth business. I've been in the corporate game for like a decade or so. I'm 34. I still really have to force myself to work because it's 25 degrees. The sun is shining. The girls are out. It's fucking beautiful. It is very hard not to be like, let's just go cut work and sit on the patio and have a few beers with my boys. Yeah. Because in Toronto, we get two nice weeks a year. And the second it's sunny out, everyone's like, yeah, patio time, patio time, right? But here every day is like patio, right? So you gotta, I got to force myself when it's fucking sunny. Be like, now sit in and do the work. Very hard, especially if you're young, man. You're going to come out here. You're going to spend all your money. You're going to be living it up. And then you're going to go home and live with mommy because the dropshipping thing didn't work. And you spent your money went way faster than you thought it was going to be. And that's what we see with like 95% of guys, at least. Like I, I met very few digital nomads who stayed here more than a few months. To the point where I just stopped meeting new people because I was like, there's no point. <laughs> fucking homeless vagrants. Yeah, I'm going to Bali for like the next, then I might go back to the U.S. There was like, yeah, I might go back to the U.S., which means I'm going to stay with my fucking parents again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Get a job. Yeah, or get a job. It's like, no, that's, I think like, if you want to move out of the West, okay, make it like a permanent option or as permanent as you can be, right? You're young, you can go back home, maybe you're what, 22 or 23? 23, but so you can I'm s- never going back home. Okay, good. But like when you're my age or even your age, Phil, late 20s, I mean, Going back and living at home should not be an option. It should not be like in the back of your head. Well, I can always go stay with my mom. No, because that's what's going to happen. When you allow for that fucking yeah. possibility. When you make a backup plan, then right. you know you're not going to fucking right. do what you're supposed to do. Like, you have to say like, okay, I'm making this permanent. So I'm going to get the savings together. I'm going to get the income coming in. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going back. Right? Not just like, yeah, I'll give you a shot. Like, you know, whatever's going to happen, man. Just fucking travel around. No, no. This is a guaranteed failure. I wrote a post about this about a year ago. Um, I said Chiang Mai is like the best and the worst place to be. Right. It's the best, in my opinion, if you're really driven and you know what you want because it's so cheap to live here. Right. And life is just so easy. Like, you don't have to cook. Like, you don't have to do anything. You have a little yeah. Thai girl to come and do your laundry and everything. Yeah, don't, make, don't get yeah. me wrong. Living in Chiang Mai, like, the city is yeah. fucking amazing. Like, the lifestyle is amazing. And it costs... a quarter a fifth of what it costs to live in a big city in the west it costs nothing so you have so much room there to invest money back into your business to you, you can basically fail and not go broke because it's so cheap to live here yeah the other side of that is yeah you're gonna get caught partying dicking about going to the swimming pool and yeah. not actually doing any work yeah so it's it's a good option if you're really driven like will i know you can lock yourself in your room and just fucking work yeah and like shut the outside world out. Like yeah. most people can't do that. The self-discipline to do that is, you know, something you've probably built over the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it is a good place if you, I think if you've got a business that's started and it's you're making some money, but like, for example, when I was in London, my cost of living is like fucking two and a half thousand dollars a month just to like Exist. feed myself and have a roof over yeah. my head yeah. with no social life, no going out. Right. Like, imagine if I could then live for a thousand dollars and have an extra thousand and a half dollars to invest in my business. Right. You know, in that situation, it's good. Yeah. But be honest if you're in that situation or if you just want to go and party. Yeah. It's very, you got to be very careful if you're a young guy coming out because it's, it's a lot more difficult, you know, if you're a bit younger. Like, there's so many young people out here, there's so many people on vacation. There's, you're going to meet all these young digital nomads. Like, 
I know, Brian, you were going to those digital nomad things. We, mm-hmm. Phil, we went to like, what, one of them. We were like, nope. <laughs> but yeah. Brian's out here. He's a young guy. He's loving it. He's, you're going to those things. So it'd be very easy to fall into that scene of like just going out partying, pretending like you're working. Exactly. You know. Because that's where the majority of the people are. Yeah. So you're kind of already drawn in because that's where everyone is. But the real fact is the majority of those people aren't doing what you do that they, they don't actually make money online they're just there short term all the people that are legit and actually like the guys you want to be around they go nowhere near the digital nomads correct they're all on the outskirts and that's you kind of have to meet them they don't want anything to do with digital nomads because yeah. they know that those guys offer no value they're just going to be leeching value off of them yeah it's like what i said in my article fuck networking why networking is a complete waste of time because there's no one valuable at those networking events everyone Everyone is a striver, acting like they're successful mm-hmm. and then trying to, like, it's almost impossible to get a, a valuable partnership because there's very few people you meet that that are gonna offer you equal value. Yeah. Like when I came out, I I think I'm the only person I met out here who's living off my blog, and I expected to meet like a ton of people who are bloggers. Mm-hmm. I would meet I would meet people who had a blog, and then it would be like. That just started last week. <laughs> they, yeah, they're hitting me up for advice, and I'm like, what, what the fuck is the point of this? Yeah. And also, like, networking. Okay, if you if you do want to network, you have to be very, like, it's about selling, not networking. Like, you got to figure out, who am I going to go to that's going to help me with my business? Because for me, networking is a complete waste of time unless I'm meeting guys who are doing 400,000 monthly visitors on their website. Mm-hmm. Or they've got YouTube subscribers of, like, 200,000. Drop shipping, Amazon FBA, those guys, they can't do anything for me. Right? It's not my business. It's not my area. Mm-hmm. If, Tim Ferriss, if Tim Ferriss is at a fucking event, I'll do whatever I have to do to get to know that guy. But the vast majority of people are going to be fucking useless to mm-hmm. me. right? And chances are the guy that's doing 500,000 visitors, I mean, I don't know how much value I could add to that guy for him to be like, yo, I'll show you how to do this. right? Because mm-hmm. he's going to have a lot of money coming in. So that's another thing you got to factor into the game. Like... Um, I think a lot of guys pretend they're working when they're networking or pretend they're working when they're reading about marketing or pretend they're working. Okay, here's how you know you're working. Like when you're doing boring technical shit that you don't want to do for your website, right? When you're setting up your Amazon store and you're like, oh, the credit card thing is not working. I got to set up. That's when you know you're doing work. When you're setting up and it's like not fun. I'm the same (laughs) way as you. Like when I was back in Connecticut, like the best work I did was last winter. I literally didn't leave my house yeah. all winter. I, maybe once every two weeks to get food, but yeah. that's it. And like, I would just be working fourteen hours a day, never take my eyes off the laptop. Like that's that's where I call it. Like blasting cruise. Okay, so I got a four part series coming out on how to set your goals. The first one is choosing the right goals, or the purpose of goals, then choosing the right goals, then blasting cruise, then set it and forget it. So blasting cruise is like the first six months to a year where you're just fucking blasting like ten hours a day or whatever. To get the shit going, to get the recurring revenue coming in. Or you're going to the gym and you're killing yourself in the gym. And it's actually really painful for the first six months, but then you settle into routine. Mm-hmm. Or you're going out and you're just blasting chicks, like hitting up number after number after number. Until you start to like cruise into like, okay, I can do this and I can settle down. So you do the blasting cruise. And you cruise for a couple of years. And then you move into like what I call the promised land, which is like set it and forget it. And I'm like maybe a year, a year and a half away from the set it and forget it. On this business, this one took a bit longer than other ones, where you're just like fucking um, just doing the daily work and it's just on autopilot. 
and you, and you've got it down to where you can do like four or five hours a day, still maintain and grow your business, mm-hmm. right? So like, but that blast period is that period of hell is almost mandatory for every business. Yeah, that, have to. that first couple. That's months. how you learn. You got it. That's how you learn. That's how you push yourself past homeostasis. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you you're like stuck in that fucking like uh, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And you just blast yourself through it. Mm-hmm. I think it's also really important. Just basically, like the blast and crew is like. The blast is you only have to be focusing on one thing. Like the minute you start like trying to do all like do the gym, do a business, have a social life, mm. do all this other crap, it's never gonna work. You have to focus on the one blast at a time. One blast, and then you're cruising on the other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I always keep the four goals: health, wealth, relationships, lifestyle. Yeah. But if I'm going hard, like I recommend the wealth one going hard, exactly. then you go softer on the other ones. Yeah. Right. And then you switch it. Right. Once you once you fucking manage that one. Yeah. Just don't. You know, girls should never be top priority. Like I keep saying, keep that health and wealth top priority. Unless you're in college. I feel like in college, you can have fun with girls, but... I tell guys not even to go to college. Unless it's actionable. Girls should be top priority when you're not good with them. Because it moves the needle on your happiness more than anything else. Yeah. To go from like getting no girls to steady should be top priority. (laughs) Once you're there, forget about it. For me, the business moves my needle more than anything else. My needle gets hard for business now, but what, what about when you were like? <laughs> All, it was always making money. When I first started, when I was twenty three and I started making like fifty grand a month trading, man, that I was like, "Fuck, girls, man, this is better yeah. than everything." Making money, was, making money and success in business is the fucking best thing in the world. Man. You were already good with girls, though. I was like, sem- I've always been semi natural, but I wasn't where I am now. I think you're right, Phil. Because like for me, three years ago, I got started this from. Learning how to get girls. Like, I was shit with... My, my whole life was shit. I was shit with girls. And I really learned about this just by, you know, learning how girls work and picking them up and getting good at it. And that kind of, like, got me into the red pill, got me into business. Like, that was kind of, like, the stepping stone for me. And it, like, a lot of the lessons, like, apply over. So... They do. I mean, it's... It's all about, like, raising your quality of life on, yeah. on all aspects. Prioritize the thing that is... Having the most detriment on your happiness. Yeah. Which, like, if you're flat broke, obviously, then it is money. But if you're doing okay or if you've got a job, then for most people, it is women because most people get no women. They have enough money to eat. It is, but here's my thing is that, okay, like, so say you, five years ago, you could have prioritized women and done that for like three years. You don't carry any of those women over for five years from now. But if you prioritize business, you could have had those clients. You could have reinvested that yeah. income. The money carries over. The girls are gone. I can't even remember like the yeah, names yeah. of the girls. It, I it's it's not about ago. the individual right girl. About it's that. about your happiness and yeah. your ability to. I think you need to life. establish a base level of yeah. confidence that comes yeah. from girls before you can. Well, for most people, is but I think you are right. You're not getting an investment, right? The per se from to girls. me, money solves more problems than it. Money either helps or solves problems outright more than anything yeah, else assuming your health is not fucked up yeah if your health is fucked up and that has to become number one priority well, the money would solve the health money money either solves or drastically improves the health yeah there's no there's no area of your life that money doesn't drastically improve mm-hmm. it is the best fucking tool yeah um but to get back to the digital nomad scene i'm gonna give you like my take of, of what i think most guys should do okay so say you want to move out to Southeast Asia or Colombia or where else is hot? Eastern, Eastern Europe. Europe. Yeah. Um, 
to start, I would look at either Southeast Asia or Colombia because the weather's going to be nicer. So it'd be like an easier transition to living away from home. And it's probably a little cheaper too. It's probably a little cheaper. And Eastern Europe is a bit rough. Like we were talking about Russia and the Ukraine in the last one. It's like, I don't think you want to go to Russia, Ukraine as your first step away from home. Mm. Those are serious people over there. So you come to Chiang Mai or you come to Vietnam or you come to the Philippines, okay, and you get your visa set up, all right? Now, get a goddamn good visa that's going to last you for a couple months so you're not bouncing around one month here, one month there. And have some money in the bank. I'd like to see you have 10K in the bank, and I'd like to see 1500 to $2,000. You'd be all right in Chiang Mai with $1,000 a month. You'd still be quite comfortable. But to, to make it extra comfortable, 1500 to 2000 and if you have 20 grand in the bank, even better, just so you don't have to worry because you're going to have some other worries. Like you're going to see how crazy the motorbike driving is, the STD rates out of control. You're living away from home in a foreign country where the human rights don't really exist. Like the cops can kind of do whatever they want. So it is definitely an adjustment and you want that adjustment to be as comfortable as possible. You do not want to have to worry about like, fuck, where am I going to get my next paycheck? I'm, I'm out here by myself. I'm going to have to live with mom. You don't want to be able to, um, you don't have that mentality. You know, you want to be able to be comfortable. If you are, it is a very, very nice lifestyle out here. It's very comfortable. But that's sort of my take on it. What do you boys think? I would add one thing that if you've never been in business for yourself, get some experience of making some sort of money on your own. 100%. Because if you've only ever had a job or you've just finished university and you've never had a business or sold anything yeah then that can be a huge learning curve and it can be difficult and everybody underestimates how hard it is yeah so it doesn't matter if it's not what your long-term business is and it doesn't matter if it's not anything big but just learn the very fact that you can make money for yourself yeah get that money coming in first before you can do some jobs on five you can't do it at home there's no way you can do it here yeah man because it's going to be harder to get it to get it up here because you're going to be more worried because you're under the gun because you need to make money and, and you know, pay rent and shit. And like you said, there's so much new culture you got to adjust to. Like, yeah. You can't have all those going on at once. You're just yeah. going to explode. Like, and it's you gonna end be- up going home early. I've seen a bunch of people that have either almost gone home and they're my friends and I've talked to them out of it and be like, look, yeah, do this and you can make some money. And you Yeah. Know. And, and if you're young, you're going to be a bit homesick for a while because yeah. you're away from home and it's like everyone speaks Thai. You're not like it's, you're very much not in Kansas anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's a serious thing. And, um, you know, you got to find some friends and you got to d- do all these other things. So if like you're going from like socially awkward, perhaps like some guys are, and you've never had a business and you come out here thinking like, I'm going to change my life. I've been reading all this digital nomad shit. It's going to do more harm than good. Oh man, you're going to be overwhelmed. And then you're going to have to go back home with your tail between your legs to live and tell all your friends like, look, I couldn't hack it. You don't want that. Stick it out at home, man. Grind it out at home for the next year or two. Get that money up. Okay. That even just $10,000 in the bank. You are going to fucking thank me that you had that extra money because that is a year. $10,000 is an extra year of living. All right. I look at, I look at money as runway yeah. for my business. It's Even time. now. Money, is, money time. is time, right? It's time where you don't have to do something you don't want to do. $50,000 is five, six, seven years in Thailand. Yeah. I mean, when you have that kind of base, you're like, I'm, you know, you're never working a job again, mm-hmm. which is why I, I knew I was coming to Thailand two to three years before I left. I knew and I was working on my business as much as I could at my job 
I was fucking, you know, every time my boss turned his back, I was doing something for my business and I was just leeching money out of the company. I was just saving as much as I possibly could living on nothing because I'm like, I'm just building this giant fucking cash wad of, of runway so that I never have to work this fucking job again. And every, every fucking day in February when I'm watching outside the window and I'm jealous of the pigeons because they don't have to make sales calls, <laughs> it was very easy to be motivated to just save that money. I'm like, I'm just calling that guy. I'm taking that money and I'm never going to have to do this shit again. But it's done, man. It's fucking fine. So that's the kind of mentality you got to have. Don't start coming out here like if and when. Like Come out here when the shit is final, man. When you're like, that's it. I'm done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you think, Brian? Any advice for these boys? Yeah, I completely agree. I think if you're going to move out here, it should be permanent. You definitely don't want to come out here and then go home and, like you said, tail between your legs. And you're just going to, like, I mean, in a way, you might want it more just because you've had a taste of it. But in reality, it's not a good idea. You want to come here and stay here. Like, people that leave the U.S. or wherever they're from, most of them are not going to want to go back just because they see how good life is outside of what they've been what they've been taught, what they've taught to believe is yeah, man. like the real way to live. I mean, like, how much different was Thailand than what you thought it was going to be? To me, it was like uh, my 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 mom and like my family gathered me around. They're like, you sure you're going to do this? Yeah. How are you going to get in touch with us? Do they have internet there? Like, you know, <laughs> it's they so have, dangerous. It's dude. so dangerous. This is probably the safest place in the world. I've never That's felt safer than living in Chiang Mai. Yeah. I don't even lock my door at night. Where's the road? Apart from the road where everyone drives like an insane person to get somewhere and then walk really slowly once they get there. It's kind of crazy how much like people back in the U.S. will get you to stay in the country. Because yeah. they've been sold all these lies that the U.S. is the only place to live and everywhere else is dangerous. Dangerous and, and healthcare is terrible. Yeah. How, they don't have hospitals there. Uh, no internet. Like, no internet. You're yeah. going to be some broke guy on the street. Like, it's, completely, <laughs> it's completely opposite. Everyone outside of the U.S. lives much better lives than... They do. People in Chiang Mai live better than people in North America. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about Thai people. And they're way happier living on way, way less money. happier. They're able to live on less money because everything's cheaper here. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, okay, people make $1,000 a month. But $1,000 a month is a fortune here. And they live at home, so it's all disposable income. Mm-hmm. Thai people live at home till they're 30. And they have a giant family. They lose their job, which they do all the time. Because they quit their job because they don't like it. They don't even quit. They just stop turning up. Yeah. Like, like if you're an employee one day, your staff just don't turn up and you never hear from them again. If, if you they did, you they if you did a Thai girl for a year, she'll go through like four different jobs. And she'll just be like, I didn't I didn't like that one. I'm doing this now. They, they sack me because I'm too sexy. <laughs> yeah, I got fired, fired, fired from a massage job because I was dressing too sexy. I swear to God. God. That was amazing. But anyways, like... The people here live very comfortable. Everyone here has a new car, Thai people. They all drive a new car. They live at home with their family, so it's all disposable income. They live better than... The the girls in North America who are like feeling sorry for these poor Thai girls, the Thai girls here are living better than Becky, the marketing manager, who has the one bedroom or like the studio apartment in in downtown. Losing money every month. Losing money every month, going to debt. Maxing out their credit cards. Yep. Because they have this entire family structure to take care of them, and everything here is so fucking cheap. Uh-huh. Like food, you can get. They only eat Thai food, anyways, which is like a dollar a meal. Yeah, and they're making a thousand a month, so it's nothing like you expected. It's actually better. Chiang Mai is actually better than I expected. Mm-hmm. It is extremely fucking nice. I don't want to down downplay Chiang Mai. Like it is very nice to come out and live here. It is a 
the quality of life is amazing. But just get your shit together before you come out so that you don't have to go back. Because you're not going to want to go back. Like, you come out here, right? You, you probably want to stay out here. You yeah. want to stay outside of the U.S. for the a while. The first week I was here, I, I knew I was never living in the U.S. again. Right. It's impossible. I yeah. can't do it. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. There's no way. Yeah. And it's not for the dating. Like, you don't even particularly like the dating scene out here. Um, It's grown me a little bit. I kind of have, like, a Thai girlfriend now, but... Um, I thought you didn't like the Thai girls. They've grown on me. <laughs> no, that's what, that's what Cam said, too. Now he has a Thai girlfriend. Yeah. But, <laughs> One um, extreme to the other. Well, like, here's the thing. It's not so much... Like, the dating's fun, but it's not about that. It's just about the fucking lifestyle, yeah, man. Lifestyle, yeah, lifestyle, yeah. lifestyle is, is sick. The quality of life and the value for your money here, like you said, is... Way better than I expected, which yeah. is, which surprised me. But also, the digital nomad scene was way worse than I expected. Right. Which surprised me. So, right, it's kind of. I, um, I I would counter that if you go to different places, like Chiang Mai's the low of the low for digital nomads. You go to different places. There are people who might loosely call themselves digital nomads that actually do shit. That's true. Well, I heard like, Vietnam. Yeah, they have a startup culture where guys are actually. Building startups, not talking about it. Yeah, it's like on like the energy, just the, that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. So I, I'm introverted. I don't particularly like talking to loads of people I don't know. Yeah, we know. I like being around energy. Like in Chiang Mai, nobody has any energy. No one's doing fuck all. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Saigon, there's just an energy to the place that is right. motivating. Right. It, it pulls you along as well. Well, there, yeah, there's that. I mean, there's different scenes. But I think it applies from one scene to the other is that get your shit together before you come out and don't believe. Don't just buy into some guy because he has a blog and he's saying, yeah, man, take the, come out here and take this course and it's going to be fucking great and don't worry about it. Like, get your shit together before you come out. Don't take anyone's word for it. Don't even take my word for it. I tell you to do a service-based business, but fucking test it out. Make it happen on your own before you fucking come out and take the plunge and then fucking come out. Go to Saigon, go to the Philippines, go wherever the fuck you want. Go to Colombia, although I'm probably not going to go to Colombia. I don't need to Why get not? kidnapped over there, like gringo face. Yeah. But I heard a lot of guys are, are doing good in, in fucking Colombia. Whatever, man, wherever you want to fucking do it. Yeah, I think a lot, like Phil, you said, I think a lot of other scenes that say digital nomads actually could be more legit, and they probably are. I think yeah. Chiang Mai, you've got to be the most wary of in terms of the term digital nomad. Because the barrier for entry is yeah. the lowest here. It's, it's, it's so too cheap. cheap. Yeah. Too cheap, almost. Should raise and that's up. what everyone's saying. And like on that point as well, I always make more money when I'm in a more expensive city, just because of the energy pulls me along, and I have to because I realize I'm spending more money. Mm. Like Chiang Mai, it's like you can do nothing mm-hmm. and live because it's so cheap. It's so easy to live here. You will fall into the temptation of doing nothing at least for periods of time. You will fall into the temptation, but if you have a strong work ethic, you can. Like for me, it makes no difference. If I'm living somewhere cheap, then I just have more money to save because I force, I whip myself wherever I'm fucking living, mm-hmm. you know? So if you have that work ethic, you're going to be okay, but make sure you have it before you come out. Yeah. That's the if you idea. come here with no work ethic, you're Oh, you're screwed. fucked. Totally you're fucked. screwed. It's too easy. It's so easy to not work. Yeah. But that's it, boys. You got anything else to add to, to these young guys here? I think we hit it pretty well. Fucking hit it and quit it. So that's... I was going to say, like, we're kind of slating the whole idea of being digital nomads, but it doesn't mean that it's all bad. So I think if if that's what you want to do, go and find out for yourself. Well, like, yeah, our lives are awesome, but we don't (laughs) we don't fucking consider. I I don't consider myself a digital nomad. I've never probably used that term. That's like the same as using it. Like, I'm a strong, independent man, or I'm a (laughs) bodybuilder. Like, all this 
everyone wants to be like identitarian. Like this is my identity and shit. Like I don't attach to any particular identity except for like I'm a male feminist. Yeah, maybe like entrepreneur, I might attach to that one. But even then, I don't really give it too much thought. Yeah, I just wake up and look at my wonder list and whatever I have to do and and take care of my business and my health and shit, and that's it. You know, but like living out here is fucking sick. But don't buy into the scene too much. Don't buy into like the digital nomad promises too much. I mean, the average dropshipping store is going to do about $2,000 and the failure rate 60 to 90%. So that's the reality, okay? It's a lot more than 60. <laughs> 60. It's definitely above 90%. Yeah, I'd say 60 to 90%, maybe more more if you're inexperienced in business. Yeah, yeah, true. If you say. know what you're doing, you could, you know, you could make it happen. But for the newbies, it's yep. very, very hard. Right. So that's the fucking, that's the fucking game. You got to understand that. And get your shit together before you come out of here. Get your work ethic, get your savings, which is your runway, get your emergency cash, and get your consistent income coming in. And then come out. All right? That's the game. So that's it. Thank you so much for watching this on YouTube, listening on iTunes, listening on SoundCloud, or reading my articles at revolutionarylifestyledesign.com, or checking out Brian's site at loser2winner.com, a very good site. Uh, especially for young guys. Brian is a young guy. and He's very honest about what he's doing. He's one of the better um, lifestyle design red pill guys out there. And philhawksworth.com. Phil is very knowledgeable at fitness and has some very legit, very, very detailed uh, posts on fitness that you should check out at philhawksworth.com. That's it, boys. Much love to you and all the best in your personal development journey.